episode number 22. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is the Expected Returns Podcast. My name is Stephen Lutman. I'm a real estate investor and agent in the capital region of New York State. This is very much a real estate-focused conversation. However, we do also touch on financial markets, economic data, really anything that's going to be impacting the world of housing. A couple of really fun topics for us today. However, before we jump in there, just a quick plug for the YouTube channel. This past week on the company site, I did put out an analysis of a client's duplex purchase. Listen up, if you're a renter and you're not quite sure if you're financially to the point where you could become an owner or you're someone that's interested in real estate investing, not quite sure what the first step would be, owning a duplex is the easiest, cheapest, and most cost-effective way to solve both of those puzzles. So go on over. Again, if you're a subscriber to the YouTube channel, that's great. If not, go on YouTube, search SJ Lincoln Realty, and it's going to be the first video that comes up there, obviously, after this one. Um, or you can head on over to the company's website, sjlincoln.com slash video, and that'll be waiting for you over there as well. Again, uh, YouTube, SJ Lincoln Realty, or sjlincoln.com slash video. And uh, I think there's going to be a few great tricks of the trade for, uh, again, if you're looking to transition from being a renter to an owner, or you want to make the jump from being a non-investor to an investor, that's going to be great for you. That's it for the plugs. Let's get into today's show. I want to start the conversation today talking about the word efficiency. News broke this past week that the folks who own Ultimate Fighting Championship would now be purchasing World Wrestling Entertainment. The two big players involved in this sale, Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon, sat down for an interview with CNBC. One word kept coming up during the conversation, efficiency. There are components of the UFC business model they believe can easily be implemented inside of WWE drive down costs, increase efficiency. The question then becomes, when does efficiency turn into a subsidy? You might remember a number of years ago when the casino first opened up in Schenectady, bar owners in the neighborhood were, let's say, boisterous when they asked the question, how am I supposed to be able to compete with free? Meaning to entice players to keep gaming longer, it's common practice for casinos to offer up free alcoholic beverages. The philosophy from their standpoint is we're okay taking a hit on one side of the business, being the bar and restaurant, if it means we can exponentially increase revenues on another side, the gaming floor. There is a fine line between efficiency and subsidy. This past week, Housing Wire put out an article on Rocket Mortgage's latest attempt to corner the real estate market. For those not familiar, Rocket Mortgage is the second largest residential mortgage lender in the country. They operate in all 50 states. They're a pretty big deal. What they're looking to do is they're going to be offering up to customers, if you agree to use one of our partner agents, at the time of closing, we're looking to contribute up to $10,000 towards your closing costs. Obviously, they're looking to put your boy here out of business. I'm not happy. I'm very sour about this, but let's get into the pros and cons of what this would look like if actually rolled out at scale. When buying real estate, there's a lot of friction involved, and a lot of that has to do with just the sheer number of people involved in your transaction. You have your agent, you have your lender, you have your attorney, the folks doing your title. All of these people need to get paid And we also all have something known as CAC, customer acquisition cost. 
a fancy way of saying, how many marketing dollars do I need to spend to acquire my next client? If I'm able to acquire one client, but funnel them through multiple revenue streams, suddenly my CAC goes down drastically. And when that happens, theoretically, I can use these savings to pass on to clients, making it more attractive for future clients to use me versus my competition. This is essentially why operating at scale makes a lot of sense. People saving money is a good thing. Eliminating, you know, we'll call them middlemen, that's healthy. Reducing costs for clients, that's a good thing. Is there a drawback to this? The great driver of innovation isn't big government. It's not professors and their Ivy League universities and their theories. The great driver of innovation is competition. And if this were to roll out at scale, what you're going to be left with is just a few large-scale operators, your Zillows of the world, your Goldman Sachs's, your Rocket Mortgages, essentially being your one-stop shop for everything real estate. Mom and pops like me wiped off the face of the earth. What you're left with, though, is a smaller pool of professionals to assist you on your transaction. Your transactional costs might go down, but the quality of people available to work on this transaction is also going to go down. What's my takeaway on this? As someone that actually works in the field, if there's anything about technology that we know to be true, it's that it's great at reducing middlemen and it's fantastic at saving people money. Re-examining what value proposition you bring to the world is a healthy thing to do from time to time, whether that's as in a, a business whether that's as an employee or even just as a person. What value do I bring to those around me? Am I going to be eliminated by big business? It's possible. It's very possible that that might happen, but it's not going to happen soon. As Leo once said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. I'm still going to be here for you. But re-examining what the real estate transaction of the future looks like will most almost certainly be different than what it looks like today. Next up, I have some thoughts on the current state of short-term rentals. But before we get there, just a quick word from today's show sponsor, SJ Lincoln Realty, helping home buyers and sellers throughout the capital region. I've been a real estate investor for over a decade and operate the office here as the licensed real estate broker. If you or someone that you care about has a real estate-related need inside of the capital region, let's connect. Steven at sjlincoln.com. That's my email address. Or you can visit sjlincoln.com slash book a call. And there you're able to schedule a phone or Zoom conversation with myself. Again, that's Stephen at sjlincoln.com or sjlincoln.com slash book a call. There are no middlemen here. There are no assistants. There are no new agents learning on the job. You hire myself, you're going to be dealing specifically and exclusively with myself during the entire transaction. Let's connect again, Stephen at sjlincoln.com, sjlincoln.com slash book a call. Let's get back to the show. From big business, we'll now pivot to big government. The Post Star had an article this past week detailing how the city of Glens Falls is looking to review short-term rentals. You can now add them to the list of Queensbury, Lake George, Saratoga Springs, City of Albany, long list of local municipalities looking to get their hands involved on short-term rentals. This isn't the first time we've touched on this topic. The reason I'm bringing it up again is because the noise seems to be getting louder and louder. If I'm a short-term rental operator in upstate New York, and I'm not talking about people doing spare bedrooms or you know private wings of your house, 
for purposes of this conversation, I'm really focused on people renting out entire houses or entire apartments. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous about what the future of that business model looks like. Let's talk about actionable advice. If this is a field you're interested in entering and perhaps you have a property in mind, the thought experiment I want you to run is what would my business model look like if I were forced to operate in 90-day increments? Weekends, entire weeks are no longer feasible. 90 days. What does the business look like if that were to be the case? Do you have a renter base that would be interested in securing the property for that long? At an absolute minimum, is it still a good business decision if you were charged some kind of tax? Now, hotels, depending on the municipality, are charged a couple percentage points. Hotel occupancy tax, Saratoga Springs, I believe it's 5%. Tack on 5% onto your expenses. What does the business still look like with an additional 5% tax? If that's not doable, I would be very, very hesitant about purchasing a property as a short-term rental. However, if you can bake in a few percentage points as a tax, which I do believe is going to happen, possibly you could still make this happen. But again, things are getting worse for short-term rental operators, not better. We'll wrap up today with just a couple quick thoughts on March's jobs report, which came out on Friday. 236,000 jobs added to the economy, which while it sounds like a lot, is actually the smallest monthly gain in roughly two and a half years. The unemployment rate did tick down from 3.6 to 3.5%, which is going to be you know, generationally low. Interestingly, the workforce participation rate, probably have heard of that on the news. That's just a fancy way of saying the percentage of working age folks that are currently working or seeking work increased to the highest level since COVID. Meanwhile, the number of available jobs fell below 10 million. So the next time you hear someone say, ah, nobody wants to work anymore, there are more people in the workforce today than before COVID, and there are fewer job vacancies than there have been in years. That's it for today. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to connect with me, Stephen at sjlincoln.com. That is my email address. Don't forget about that video that I plugged in the intro. Uh, I think you might be able to get some useful nuggets out of that. So be sure to check out sjlincoln.com slash video or search for it on YouTube, of course. Um, if you have any questions for me, ideally go ahead and drop them in the comment section below. If it's something a little bit more private, you know, uh, feel free to uh, DM me on any of the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, where am I? Instagram is going to be the most active. So definitely consider being a follower over there if you are not. Again, one last time, Stephen at sjlincoln.com, sjlincoln.com slash book a call. We'll talk again soon.